A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, do you want to make some money making picks on MLB games? Then all you have to do is head over to Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. And Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. You pick two to five players, you get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with my promo code, PULLHITTER, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with PULLHITTER at the promo code and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. All right, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your source for actionable advice for fantasy baseball. I'm here with Dom, the bullpen guru. We're about to go through some of the trade deadline stuff and our reactions of it and the fantasy implications behind some of the deals. Uh, but first, I think, Dom, you wanted to have a good old ode to what was the Mets. Wait, what is this? I thought this was the Zach Littell fan club meeting. Not Oh, this is. Sorry. Podcast recording. Mm-hmm. The Zach Littell fan club meeting is interesting because some people don't know that he's the SP5 for the Rays, and uh, very interested to hear that. Um, yeah. you know, fine, yeah. you don't, maybe you don't have to like him as a pitcher, but you have to kind of know that he is he's the guy right now for the Rays. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll get into that, but yeah, before I started, obviously, you know, I have some things I have to get off my chest. So, like, the last last couple of days have been weird for uh, for our Mets, mm-hmm. and uh, yep, before. Before this weekend, I I didn't realize how much Mets fans hated Max Scherzer, which is kind of weird to me because I think team I think people forget like in 2021 how big of a joke this team was with you know Javi Baez and Marcus Stroman, you know basically like fighting with fans. Um, team had no leadership. Scherzer came in, everyone fell in line. He made you know, the team, like, credible. Um, and, and, you know, I think he, like, gave them a very serious tone. Um, and, but apparently Mets fans hate him, I guess, because, you know, they couldn't hit in the playoffs and, you know, maybe he didn't have his best game 
against the Padres and against that Braves in that series. But like, I didn't realize he was just outright hated. Um, and people are illogical. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like just just the way of the world right now. Um, it, it's so it's so impulse, it's so recency bias, and like you said, he really changed the culture of the team at the at the time. You can't 100%. be. You can't be uh, a big bag of shit in the clubhouse with Max because <laughs> if you don't fall in line and you're not yeah exactly doing you'll what everyone else is doing that off yeah yes and and you'll be just you know just not not part of the plan for the team yeah yeah and so, it, so speaking of plan the thing that's driving me nuts is I've realized the Mets have no plan no plan like <laughs> on every show I'm, I hear everybody going oh Uncle Stevie's making you know, he he's doing the right thing. He's got a plan. In his introductory press conference, he said two things, that they wanted to win now and they also wanted to build in the long term. And the thing that he referenced, because they said, how involved are you going to be? And he said, I don't know baseball. I'm going to have the president of baseball ops run the team. He bought the team in November of 2020. It is now August 2023. There is no president of baseball ops. He said he didn't want to be involved in the team that you build champion, you build championship teams. You don't buy championships. He personally negotiated a, a deal with Carlos Correa when he was in Hawaii last <laughs> December for like $300 million. Do you know, like, can you imagine how much bigger of a disaster this team would be if we had Carlos Correa for fucking $300 million signed oh, on books right God. now? So, I would have, yeah, I would have traded him head of twins for Edward Julian. <laughs> so, so if they were going to pay three hundred million dollars for a free agent last year, and and that was part of their plan, why wouldn't they have pursued Trey Turner, who wanted to play on the East Coast, who would have been a much better fit for the team? I know he's had a bad year, but he, he would have been a much better fit for what the team for the team needs. But they have no plan; they just react. They just see something and they grab it and they just do it. They don't have a plan. Everyone's praising the team for building for the future and pivoting. And yeah, maybe that's the right move, but nothing the last three years has shown me that they have any plan. Like, like, so I don't know why we're just giving them the benefit of the doubt. Why they, they built for the future by not trading Vientos, not trading Alvarez, not trading Mauricio, not trading Beatty. They were building the future by letting these guys felt now that they're up in the majors they're stripping the team down and saying we're going <laughs> to focus on 2025 2026 so like and now they've acquired all these prospects none of which are pitchers so in a couple years they're going to end up having to trade from this prospect depth to bring on what veteran starting pitching probably right when they had two hall of fame pitchers under contracts for a relatively short term and like, and they had young guys coming up, and they have established all-star players in their lineup. So like, I know I told you that they were gonna sell, like last week or two weeks ago when we we talked about it, and you said no, they're gonna just sell off a couple pieces and keep Scherzer and keep Verlander and and go at it again next year. That's what they should have done. They should not have done this. It's really fucking stupid. And like. <laughs> They're just now they're just wasting like prime years of Lindor. They're wasting years that they have Nimmo under 
his $20 million contract and like they have you don't no know pitching. that. You don't know that. You're saying they're wasting. It's just it's just these couple of months that they're gonna waste. You don't know that. You don't know what's gonna happen next year. Also, the, really the whole thing. Yet. Yeah, I know, I know. But then the the whole thing about like you know Scherzer basically the one shitty thing that I did not like was this like exclusive interview that Scherzer gave with, um, what's his face, um, Rosenthal and said, like. Cohen and Epler said they're not going to be in on mm. free agents next year, and they're not going to re, re like re retool or whatever. Um, they're not going to go at a championship next year, and that they're looking more towards twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six, which is also shitty when like the biggest free agent ever is on the market next year. But it seems like it's a foregone conclusion he's going to the Dodgers. They don't have to tell Max Scherzer the truth. I know, and they and that's the thing. If they really wanted to get him traded, they yeah. have to tell him that so that he they have to tell him that it's a business, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so, I get it. Like they, why, why would, why did you have to trade him? Like there's two very good pitchers that you could have next year going forward. It, um, maybe they just wanted to try to change everything, you know, while still maintaining, um some kind of upward trajectory. I, I don't feel like next year if uh, they get Otani or not, they still have, you know, there are some pitchers available and Snell and Urias, and you don't have to get both of them, but you, you could maybe start with one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they, I, don't know. I, I just I, look around and see that other team, you know, we went out and signed Marte and Connor, and you have the Reds that go out and trade for Will Benson, and he's <laughs> – like I want a Will Benson on the team, you yeah. know. Um, just those little moves like that. So maybe they're trying to capture that. I don't know. It, I it's just definitely trust, a shock. I don't trust Billy Epler to make those decisions. Like he, yeah, I don't trust his name. Like I don't trust the name Epler. I don't trust the way he looks. I don't trust anything he did. He totally fucked up the team at the end of last year at the trade deadline. Like he, I, I just don't. I don't trust anything. I don't think they have a plan. I genuinely right now, do they have the plan, and I don't trust the people that are there to execute that plan. So right now, anyway, I'm sure the people Pete that are listening don't want to. Yeah, we should have Pete. Oh my god! Right now, we should have Pete Crow Armstrong after all these trades, moving next to Nimmo, becoming a stud outfielder. Oh god! Instead, yeah, I mean that's a Brody. That was a Brody botch, but yeah, a first round pick for a rental. Stay optimistic about it, and like I said, I don't feel like. Wasting anything, you're also gonna see these guys get reacted to getting punched in the stomach, and maybe you can grow some. Maybe you can grow some on the kids. Um, I did went, I did went, yeah, I did went, I did go to a uh high A ball game last night with my wife amidst all the trade deadline frenzy. Um, it was just getting too much. I was looking at my phone, this, and the computer, and you know doing fantasy stuff, Patreon stuff. And so when I started touching grass and I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to go do something. I can't even say I wanted to just do a trade deadline thing. I was thinking about going live and doing something on playback TV. And I just actually escaped all <laughs> went to go. I saw, I got an email. It's like, Oh, the Brooklyn Cyclones are, you know, at the Jersey shore at the Jersey blue claws. So, um, it was Jet Williams' debut, Mets' first pick last year, shortstop. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a good game, you know. I'm glad I got out there. It was a beautiful night. Got to see uh, this kid, Jet Williams. I became a little scout. I made notes um, in my note 
thing and my wife was helping me she she was having a blast actually doing it um <laughs> the, the one catcher who came up and uh, you know a 189 average and to just take like this long really long ugly hack you know and she goes he looks like his bat is really slow and i'm like it, that 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 was really slow <laughs> it's just yeah. interesting to hear her say stuff that was like actually on point and just you know uh, and close to the way you would hear it. I'm like, right. Oh, that was yeah. pretty good. That was, imp- exactly. that was impressive. And um, I was impressed by Jet Williams. He um, really looked in control up at the bat. Um, James Anderson was telling me right before I went there, he kind of not remind him exactly of Corbin Carroll, but that's the same kind of, he's, he's short. He's 5'8", mm-hmm. got the short stature, but his legs, his lower half is, is built. You could tell he wears like tight pants and he's st- he's stacked. He's doing like those uh, Nick Chubb squats, you know, yeah. you could tell. Um, but up at the plate, he took all the pitches. He didn't attempt any swing that was um, – Anywhere out of his zone. Yeah. yeah, it was really yeah. nice to see his calm collective. Um, he pulled a breaking ball down the left field line and motored to second base. Just loved the way he looked. He really looked like um yeah, tooled up, tooled yeah. up and, and in control of his at bats, in control of his movements, and I was really impressed. Alex Ramirez, I was not impressed with. He um again, I was doing a lot of filming and <laughs> It was this uh, line drive. Um, I think Lugo was up. William Lugo, another dude who can really lace the ball. He hit a missile. The short dude caught it. Ramirez was at first and um, got doubled up. In the last, I don't know, 15, 20 feet, he like, didn't try to run back to first. Mm. He just like assumed he was he going gave, to be. Up. And he gave up. And now my whole impression of him for the rest of my life is is doomed and uh but again it's something that my wife also picked up she's like why didn't he try why didn't he try she was so mad i'm like that was terrible and um just you know i enjoy going to the games and, and trying to pick those things up and yeah not even about the skill set just i want to see character too yeah <laughs> you know, no, it's it's, it's crazy I, I like i don't go to i should go to a lot more because I'm, I'm like 15 minutes from somerset but uh, we're gonna go uh next week from the 8th to the thirteenth because the Rumble ponies that the a match are gonna be there yeah. and we'll see Acuna. So nice. um, yeah. let's meet up. Oh no, you're gonna you're I'll not gonna be, be here. Out. I'll be out. Maybe I'm, oh. I might be back the I might be back thirteenth. Um, yeah, I would want to I would want to go to that. Um, because yeah, I remember last year when I was I, it was the same series, but uh, like you know I was watching Volpe, I was watching Mauricio, and like Volpe stood out to me when I was watching him last year or when I because I was like yeah he's just his at bats are much different guys you know a lot of the other guys would just get up there and swing at the first first pitch second pitch he's working counts he's fouling balls off he has clearly has just a much better understanding of the zone and control of the zone than like other guys at that level and you and like defensively just so much more polished and like mm-hmm. i i remember just leaving i was like that guy is like on another level than everybody else that he just played with in that game and like um so yeah it's it's funny it's like you know because when you're going to those games, like, you know, maybe one of those guys becomes a big leaguer. Um, and, you know, the ones that are at that level really do stand out compared to the rest. So, but yeah, I should, right. I should go. Right. When, uh... Yeah, like, 
a couple of years ago when I first started going to the minor league games and really started getting deep into the podcasting and fantasy and talking to people on Twitter, learning more about just scouting too and watching baseball and just to you get dwarfed at a major league game. There's so many there's so many distractions. You know, your your brain is going in several thousand places. You just kind of watch it at the minor league game. You're just paying attention to pretty much everything that's going on. And um you know, Stott and Stott and O'Hoppy um, were on the same team. Stott didn't both; he was way too old for that level. But he just was start. He started there, and him and O'Hoppy was so good. They they stood out so much. Again, mm-hmm. even my wife was like, "These guys are really good, uh, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, they are." <laughs> yeah. Later on, they both you know um, hit the major leagues, and I was telling her that doesn't happen often from one snapshot of uh, of seeing kids in in high A and they both end up in the majors. Right. Um in yeah. the same year. But those two guys stood out so much because they were so much tooled up over over the rest of the players. But it's fun. I I enjoy I enjoy the old timers that are there watching it. There's so many diehard minor league fans and just baseball fans. Um there's always people scouting and I enjoy talking to those guys too. They have oh man, Dom, like they re- recollect things Oh, they remember on uh, the 52 Giants, you know, the second <laughs> baseman and the amount of information that they that they still have in their brain about baseball is really I marvel at that. Yeah. I, I love hearing about that. These guys, you could tell that it's they're everything. You can right. tell it yeah. means everything to them. And um I enjoy those moments at the game when you can really catch catch up with people who know way more <laughs> about baseball than you and you just have yeah. to listen to them and yep. talk so it's 100%. it's a good experience yeah. it's a good experience i should uh i just want to like maybe i should just apply actually for like general manager of the blue claws and see if i could uh <laughs> make some moves all right so what do we got here um you got your met rant are you done are you done yeah i think i think i'm good i feel i feel uh, there's a cathartic uh experience we had a lot you know you bottled in you need to go get some incense and some sage, like some sage sticks, and clear, walk clear. around the house with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cleanse, cleanse the space. Get that bad energy out. Um, I do that on on the reg in my house. It's just constantly trying to fight the demons that are, you know, that are secretly flying around your brain and your in your house. But all right, so big fab weekend. We're all trying to anticipate the trade deadline, and Oh man, where do you start, right? I don't yeah. know about you, but the process to this was really I think every year I every day I I get more and more I go into another I add another tool to evaluating and for this trade deadline I tried oh man, it felt like my brain was torn in so many different spots. There were so many things to try to cover yeah. and a lot a lot a lot changed. Like, I think, I think I put in the article, like a lot. It's funny how a team changes the direction of the franchise based on a weekend series. But like, I think that happened for the Padres. That sweep against the Rangers was huge for them. I think it totally, it turned what they were going to do. I think like, I I do think that Hader could have potentially been traded had they not swept that series and they went from potentially selling to buying. So it's really funny. And like, you know, 
you, you have to react to that kind of on the fly and and you know you don't have a lot of time to to react to that but that's what i found myself doing this weekend where like robert suarez was my number one target um as i'm looking for saves in both my leagues all week i had him at the top of my queue and then (laughs) after they won i like dropped them down to like a two dollar bid and i'm glad i didn't end up getting him um so yeah it's like you you lay out what you think is going to happen and then you have to you have to react and then here i am i got suarez last week and mistake wise stupid process wise was for some reason you know dropped santos three weeks ago mm. on multiple teams and that really disturbed me you know because i i was just anticipating him uh, you know i was anticipating liam hendrick coming back yeah uh, it's just chance you know um i don't know i don't know why i just hung on to that more that probability more um but and so here you are looking at maybe, you know, you drop him down your list and I'm looking at, do I drop him? <laughs> do yeah. I drop Suarez? Because it looks like this is going to be happening. But then I told myself, there's no way I could live with myself at that Tuesday, 4 p.m. Yeah. They they move Hater for pieces. And I knew that it was not probable, but just the possibility of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I made That's this a, mistake two weeks yeah. ago. Let me just wait one more week, yeah. and at that point, am I going to lose the ability to use this roster spot for something that I could have speculated on that I maybe could have been right on? And and it's it was uh, it was tough. Yeah, that's a, I was in the same boat where you know two weeks ago I could have had Santos for a buck. He didn't go on one of my mains. I ended up with Drew Smith. I fucked up my I fucked up my bid list because I definitely I you know I I knew I wanted Santos more than Drew Smith, but. I was, you know, two weeks ago, I was down to the, you know, down to the wire setting my cues and stuff like that. And it just fucked up and and he was ahead of him. So I had Drew Smith. I knew, you know, this Sunday I was like, I can, I I should cut Drew Smith because I don't think he's going to end up with the role. I think they're going to hang on to Rayleigh at a minimum based on his club option price. I thought that, that he really wasn't going to be traded. And if, he did get traded it would need to be for like a lot more than teams would probably be willing to give up for a lefty reliever that's 35 years old um so i was like i should just cut drew smith and and speculate elsewhere but i was like i already have him on my team i'm low on fab why waste another buck and then if they end up trading out of you know and really which is you know not out of the realm of possibilities um i'll be really mad at myself for cutting a potential save source so i was in the same boat as you you kind of you have him on your team you know, like a bird in the hand type situation, um, and you can always cut them next week. So, what is the bird in the hand type situation? What does that mean? It's like it means like if you, you know, something you have is better than something that might be, you know, out out there elsewhere. So, like, so the bird is better. The bird is better. You're saying, yeah, the bird in your yeah, hand the is better is... than searching in the bush for multiple birds. I guess or some, of course, something. If you got a bird in your hand, you're winning. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty hard task. Yeah, I'd love so, to get a bird. Drew in my Smith, hand. I mean, kind of thud. So, but who was yeah, the sound guard? It's on burden in my hand. No, that wasn't bird in my hand. It's burden in my hand. Um, all right. Um, so yeah, interest. Like I said, it was just a crazy, crazy process for me. A lot of my thoughts were toggled between: should I try to be, you know, one step ahead? Should I be super speculating? 
or should I just react next week? <laughs> Maybe, you know, yeah, when yeah. like more things are in con, like more things are concrete, more things are set in stone. Other uh, players are at their destinations. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. It was, I mean, there's also like really impactful news that came out like literally like 20 minutes before Fab ran. Like Taylor Ward getting put on the 60 day IL happened like 20 minutes before Fab ran. Um, the, crone trade happened like an hour before fab ran so it's like you, you, like i found myself really changing things at the last last minute like yeah. i knew i wanted taglia um and then once crone got traded i was like oh my god i gotta pay up now for taglia um, so it's it's yeah it's, it's it was crazy um but you want to you want to go through what you ended up doing yeah yeah um Let's see here. Um, I made a decision to drop Ian Diaz. Um, I just wasn't sure about the playing time. And you know, now he's played three straight <laughs> this oh. week. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I had, um, I picked up Camposano for eight bucks. And in my rest of season SGP, just with the playing time that I didn't even adjust it. Just with the playing time that um, that my aggregate uh, projections had, it spit out that Capisano was just going to be a little more valuable. You know, actually a mm-hmm. lot more because of the because of the playing time, and I just wasn't sure of Diaz's. So I just took that. I took the the safe route of getting playing time and getting a guy that was going to be rolled out there, um, but I thought maybe be a little bit more, you know. But he was DHing a little bit last week, Camposano as well. I, obviously, that was before they beefed up their team a little bit, yeah. you know, and 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 got a little stronger. But I don't know. I um, it may be the wrong choice if if you know keeps hitting well, but I went with the playing time aspect over that. Also, too on that team. Um, was I could use a little bit of a average bump. Kind of came out a little bit higher, yeah. You know, for my SGP and average. Um, also in the same mean, I dropped Tommy Pham to pick up Zach Littell. I again, Tommy Pham. My offense is not what needs work in that league. I need some pitching help. I need to bring my ratios down and. Um, Fatel was interesting. I had some other pitchers in the mix. I kind of liked his what he was getting into. Um, I know we talked about him via text, and he sent me some things that I hadn't caught, and it was really good to kind of see they were really looking to stretch him out. And um, the decision to drop Van wasn't easy. Uh, I actually held Drew Waters over him. That may be a mistake, but. Again, I just was unsure where Fan was going to go. Um, you should play every day in Arizona, uh, or at least most of the time, mo- more over Alec Thomas. I know they like what they see in Thomas. He's young, but Fan is definitely better. But I also had this thought in my head, too, like where were we with Tommy Fan four months ago? And I'm not saying – I'm not wish-casting him to become an afterthought again, but he was an afterthought, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, and he can easily just be the guy he wasn't the first two months of the season and go back to being the guy who was the last two years and not as good as he is now, you know? So again, I'm I'm not trying to wish cast that on him. Maybe I'll try to get him back, but I just decided that 
I also thought the Royals were going to just, you know, go with it, um, give him the PT. And I still like him you know, a lot, Waters. And maybe the, his offense and the spot in the lineup is a big, it's a big hit. I'll take down some counting stuff. But I don't know. I just um, – that one, these – these drops may come back to haunt me, but I, uh, you know, I, I have to live with them. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about fam though, too, is like, he has been banged up and like, he hasn't been the dynamic player he was before his groin injury since he came back. So like, maybe he's still playing hurt a bit. Um, and yeah, you didn't know where he was going to go. Like that was a, you know, a, a distinct risk was like, he could get traded somewhere where yeah, he just is a straight up, short side platoon um yep so. yeah my other my other move my other main i picked up cabrian hayes and i dropped matt veerling veerling was just pissing me off with this you know just played like three games and he should just be playing every day <laughs> he's got a good skill set and i guess maybe his back is still hurting or that's just the route they don't want to take with him um so i picked up hayes uh, and that was actually to I had some other guys that was also interested, and he was at the top, and he became more at the top, especially because Kim is my third baseman, and and I knew that Hayes was coming back, so I was just a little concerned. Like, oh, let me yeah. just get the third baseman first. Um, and then in my non-main events in my auction championship leagues, I picked up a uh, Dominic Canzone for three bucks, and I picked up Andrew Monasterio. Canzone, I like even with the Diamondback because I thought they were just going to try to see if he was better. He projects better. Than Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy, yeah. and um, I saw the PT, but I also had this little thought in my head: like maybe they're showcasing him for some reason. Yeah, that's a good call. He got traded. It's so crazy. I think I don't know if I mentioned that on my Fab Pod, but I think I did. I think I you did. I yeah. think you did. And like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think that. Um, and I and I wish I had. Um, because I'm like, why is Alec Thomas sitting twice versus a righty? And you know, he's been playing. Even... Yeah, I think they put like McCarthy in center too, like yeah. one of those games that yeah, uh, they did, like and weird. they put Canzone in the outfield instead yeah. of DH. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, man, this looks like a showcase thing, and I really like his skills too. He um, he's bowing up the ball, he doesn't, you know, um, got good basketball as well. He's Italian, and <laughs> <laughs> but and I like this move. I think the you know the trade. Um, and I think it's going to benefit him. I mean, he started both games already with the Mariners batted fifth and seventh, and I love it. Um, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, yeah. Monasterio is just, um, you know, he was started like 14 straight games, started every single day since July 14th at second and third. He's got that dual eligibility. Um, he's popping in a little bit of speed. He's, yeah. uh, you know, Good, good OBP is getting on base. So that was more of um, they have a great week, right? Nice week there, um, playing in two good parks. So, and I wasn't really concerned about Brian Anderson coming back. I just think that Terang, if anything, is going to be the the loser out of that, not Monasterio, because he's just yeah. been a lot better, you know, OPS wise, WRC plus everything. Um, yeah. So, and I read up a lot of stuff on him from the MLB newsletters and uh, Brewer. You know, talk and it, they seem to really like his his work ethic and stuff. So, um, took a stab yeah. there with a little monasterio. Yeah, and look and... at where he's hitting in the lineup ahead of Terang too. And you know, obviously, you didn't know that they were going to trade Urias, but now Urias is out of the mix too. So, you know, I think that's right. a that's a, another vote of confidence that like 
they like what they have in them that they can they can trade this guy Urias that you know it's still he's still pretty young they obviously traded for him liked him a lot but so the fact that you know they were willing to move on from him I think tells you that they're comfortable with what they have in him so yeah and I I was just hoping with his skill set as I was watching him get more PT and like this guy starts stealing uh, he started chipping in a couple steals okay yeah. that's because he's not going to give you home run value um, but. Um, and so, and in my other auction championship, um, I scooped up um, Brooks Raley for three bucks, and um, I dropped Michael Kopech. Mm. I um, have some good pitching points. I have six, seven pitching points um, now. Actually, I'm kind of because I have Stroman on the bench, and uh, he, <laughs> he's uh, on the IL. But yeah. I just thought what I had from Kopech. I I've just been watching him really closely, and. Uh, I watched that start, and he just didn't look. He looked like the hurt Kopech, and that could really come back really quick. It kind of happened in the beginning of the season. He was um, really struggling with his velo, and then all of a sudden he exploded with it again. But I needed saves. didn't really need pitching points. So um, I got picked up John Birdie, too. I dropped, I dropped Alec Thomas because of those two games that he sat. But also, too, I, I just wanted to start streaming that spot. Birdie, I yeah. think, was in a good spot. Seven-game week um, in line to get some good steal opportunities, too. And I was a little worried. Uh, now I'm, like, a little worried but about the you know possibility of holding him because he was playing every day, and they just made a bunch of deals wow. to uh, – yeah. yeah, but um, he still – you know, he, he, he played Monday, Tuesday – and if he plays tomorrow, uh, that that'll kind of give me a nice at least a half a half a week start. Maybe just a guy, uh, you know. I'll maybe I'll just watch his PT and yeah. and and if it sticks around as near full time ish with ha- him having three spots to plug in in a team I need steals. Maybe I hold on to him, you know. So yeah. Um and uh, Luis streamed a one buck Luis Matos in my auction championship, and I dropped Seth Brown, who's I still love the the. The um the hard hit stuff. He's still bowing up the ball a lot, but he just um, wasn't playing all the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, even with the first base outfield eligibility, I uh, can't have a guy who's just gonna sit first lefties continuously, even though he shouldn't really. Um, so yeah, that's what uh that's what I did for the week, man. It was yeah. uh, I was all over the place. Like I said, I didn't really do a lot of speculating. Uh, maybe the Rayleigh pick and actually it's funny i just i had really in for three bucks thinking i wasn't gonna get him um yep. he was in a like i was i was trying to keep any speculative uh ads for reliever cheap and and i had it mixed in with some batters usually i'm very se- separated in my bids like here's my closer uh waterfall here's my backup outfield or whatever but i had him mixed in with a couple of bats too um, and I just really didn't think I was going to get him for that price. I, I thought he was going to go for a lot more in my league, but um, whatever. If yeah, if, take it. if he's not the guy, then uh, see ya. Because I, yeah. I, I I'm losing Barlow on that team, so um, that's that's going to sting. And I also speculated on Suarez in that league last week, so I might I might be dropping you know Rayleigh Suarez and Barlow. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think I think you can hang on to Rayleigh for a bit, um, but. Yeah, we can get we can get into that uh, with the closer stuff, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, I mean the price is great, and you know especially because 
he came off the two saves over the weekend too. So um, normally you have to pay the closer the save tax. So to get him cheap, I got him cheap mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, you got him for a buck, right? Yeah. yeah. Only only one to get him for a buck. And I think I'm the only one in the main event to get him with an uncontested bid. So Jeez. that was my – I texted you. I was like, that's that's my one gift of the year. And you're like, well, it might not be a gift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mine's up. Sorry for the pessimism. but uh... yeah. yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I think he's going to get the save chances. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I got – in my main – means i got really for a buck um i was in the same boat as you i was like i'm gonna if i'm speculating i'm gonna go cheap so i got really for a buck um where obviously i need save so happy with that so far uh cut jason adam who i just couldn't hold on to hoping for a fairbanks injury it's just getting to the point where um the, the time's running out and i need that you know this was the week to make moves for closer um Michael Massey, I, I cut Dubon to pick up Michael Massey. I just needed a second baseman um, to cover me for the India injury. And I, I liked Massey. Um, he was a guy I liked coming into the year. And seems like he's playing pretty regularly now, especially with, you know, Nicky Lopez gone and uh, Taylor not really in the mix right now. So I think he should be playing most of the time. Um Picked up Zach Littell in both mains. We can talk through that in a sec. Um, then speculate uh, two specs that I like. Uh, Taglia, who I think mm-hmm. is going to be playing pretty much every day, either in, at first or DH or maybe in the corner outfield for Colorado. Um, and Jake Alou. I, I, Jake uh, Alou, had him, nice. Had him at the bottom of my bid list for Buck. Um just thought that, you know, the spe- the rumors were that Candelario was going to get traded. So I was kind of just looking to see who I thought would fill in there. Um, you know, he's a guy. I, I like the fact that he's a corner infielder that could potentially play every day. The, the Nats like to play guys pretty regularly. They don't do that too much mixing and matching and platooning of their lineup. So the thought was, all right, hopefully he can play every day. Um, he seems to be aggressive on the bases. I need steals and I need to make up ground in steals. So, you know, picking up an outfielder that steals um, a bit doesn't really help make up the ground. If you pick up an outfielder that steals a bit and then you pick up a third baseman that steals a bit, that's how you can kind of make up ground because you're getting steals at positions that um, don't typically, at least from my assessment, you don't really get a lot of steals out of your corner infielders. Um, so I'm hoping I can plug him in there and really try to close the gap in my leagues with the steals if he's able to provide me a bit. So yeah, I'm happy with that. And Latell, yeah, we, uh, I kind of just, you know, saw, saw the Sunday going five innings, referred back to a couple weeks ago where the, uh, Tampa Bay Times article said they want to stretch him out, um, and see how deep into games he can give so it just really like felt a lot like the drew rasmussen and jeffrey springs reliever converted to starter um gradually over time type of thing um and he's been just really really good like i I looked back at his splits and from june 24th 
when he started pitching like multi-inning outings for them. It seems like that's when he went from a single inning reliever to a multi, you know, two innings at a time, then, you know, three, then five. Um, so since June 24th, he's got a 24.7% K rate. He has not allowed a walk. He had a 263 XFIP, a 247 FIP. Um, so, you know, and, and he's on the raise, and they've kind of done this with enough relievers that don't seem to really be capable of doing this. That I kind of, you know, there must be something that they do that um, we can kind of just blindly put our faith in. Um, hmm. Plus the result, the results have been there and I saw him just go five innings on Sunday. So I was like, okay, you know, it's not a situation. I, I really came in thinking, okay, this could be a guy where if he's starting and going three or four innings and maybe I can get two, four inning start weeks, he can be a guy that I can plug in for ratio help. That was my whole, that's where my mind went to target him anyway. Cause I was like, he can do basically like the reliever streaming thing but giving you more innings than a guy like, I don't know, whoever you want to say, like, um, you know, like a Matt Brash or something like that. Like if he can go eight innings or yeah, eight innings a week, that is more obviously than maybe the four, three or four that Brash gives you. So I was like, he can, he can have a bigger impact on my ratios. Now the fact that he's able to actually go show that he can go five innings and qualify for a win that made it even more appealing. Plus I have, um, Eflin in both mains, and there's concerns about his knee. Um, Taj Bradley hadn't looked, hasn't looked good for a couple months now, and uh, and uh, and uh, obviously we saw him tonight. McClanahan got hurt, so I I just was like, all right, there. Even if they do make a trade at the deadline for another starter, there's avenues for Latell to factor into the rotation. So that also kind of materialized as well. Um, so I'm happy with it. I think he's going to be an expensive pickup next week, especially if this weekend in Detroit goes well. I love it. Yeah. Um, the Rays have whacked down his forcing, um, by 10%. He's throwing the, the splitter even more, about 15% more of the time. And the, the sliders has just been a lot better as well. So, um and and what I like about him too is he's 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 got stuff against lefties you know um the slider is 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 getting a two twenty six wilbur against them um with uh fifty percent ground ball rate the splitter just getting fifty eight percent fifty eight percent ground ball rate versus lefties and the swing and strike on the splitter is seventeen point six percent so. And the four seamer is playing up too um, against lefties, so I just like I like that too that he he's not um, he's got he's got action versus them, and I, I think they kind of um, it's a little bit of a sweeper too now that he's he's throwing so he's throwing it. I think uh, let's see here. Let me just had this up. Uh, yeah, the sweeper has come into play a little bit. So, uh, you know, this is what the Rays do, and I'm interested in it. And I just thought, just buying into that magic, The mm -hmm. not to say he's going to be Drew Rasmussen, because Drew Rasmussen, obviously, you know, was uh, 
I don't know. I think maybe he just had a little bit more stuff. But this guy's got some pitchability about him, and I loved how they 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 reacted to his wantingness to be stretched out too. You know, he yeah. said that he was really ready for it, and he wanted to get back into it, and they, they let him go with it, and so he wants it. And I like the way he talks. He just seemed like a really like well mannered dude who's smart, and he was having fun up there on the mic. You could tell he he was good to uh, yeah. So he probably never had that many reporters wanting to talk to him <laughs> at once as as you know he used to be reliever just, for the Giants, just one of the guys, you know, just the, one of many just, relievers. Just the one time that he he they kicked him off the team, right? Or Kapler, oh, yeah, or, Kapler when he, when he talked shit to him when he got taken out of the game. Yeah, it was oh, Kapler. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. Yeah. big weenie, big weenie yep. Kapler. So, um. <sighs> I like I like the Alou stab. I think that that um I got him on a DC. I was a little concerned that this year in AAA the WRC plus dipped below 100 the second time yeah. around. Um, so I just and he's 26, so I hope that translates well. But I liked what you said though about the speed. We could definitely give you a speed asset. I think he should be getting the full run. You know, there's the, the, there's nothing in his way except for Michael Chavis. Who now probably going to play a little second, second base with the surprising yeah. Lugar to the minors is really. I yeah. mean, I know, I know he's had a rough stretch, but um, he's still like one so of the better young, players. and it's just like, so yeah, you, yeah, he's part of their future, so it's like uh, he, he'll be back soon, I think. But yeah. he, maybe it's just like a get it, get his head straight type thing. But um, yeah, like I told you, that that park in this time of year yeah. seems to really like. I don't know. It's like a very sneaky, like very good hitters park. Like as it um, at this time of year, I feel like in August, September, um, it just really becomes a very favorable hitting environment, at least from what I've noticed in watching, you know, games there for the last whatever, 15 years, whenever the Mets are playing there, just it's a very different park than when it early in the year. Yeah. And totally is a good stab too. I think that, uh, he still has, you know, big, big holes in the swing, but he's getting a little better at it. I look, if you look at his rolling average graph, obviously you want stuff to be uh, longer for stabilization, but sometimes you just got to cut it down to like 20 games or 15 games just to see where the movement is, you know, and yeah. to be getting <clears throat> a little better with the chasing, with his own contact and, he should get a plenty of opportunity, and he's um, he still had the double eligibility, right? First base outfield. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yes, yeah. so that that helps too. So I like that scoop. He played right field today um, with uh, what's his face playing first, uh, Montero. Mm. So um, yeah, he should he should get a full full slate of run here as long as he's not disgustingly terrible. Yeah. But I, I look back last year. You know, he he was a popular ad. Um, at one point, he had like ten straight games in Colorado. Yeah, I remember he came up at the end of the year, and I got him for like forty four bucks. Mm-hmm. And Sucks. back back when we had money this late in the season to drop forty four dollars <laughs> on a fucking Colorado hitter, and um, you know he was a complete dud. And so memories of that came floating into my head. Yeah, not that. I wasn't going to bid that much money on him again. It was so different last year when um, 
different atmosphere, different environment. People were like power starved last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that pick. Good scoop. Good scoop. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I felt yeah. good about it. So, but um, yeah, I mean, so this week, with with all the weird kind of speculation, the average bid was uh, actually the lowest we've had all year. The average winning uh, price per ad was seven bucks. Um, the average spent per team was twelve bucks, which is um, one of it's it's the lowest um, we've seen this year besides that first. Um, you know, that first week where only a part of the contest was even able to bid on players. So, you know, money's dropping. Um, the number of ads is actually, it was one of the higher weeks, the last couple of weeks, I think, you know, just based on how many speculative ads people were doing, that kind of makes sense. You kind of see it in the most popular players added. It was just a lot of spec spec plays. So, um, yeah, it's the most, most number of ads in the last four weeks. So there is some activity despite the lack of um, money or the lack of costly ads. You know, thankfully there's no Uber prospects entering the pool this week. So it was just a lot of spec plays and a lot of interesting bats, um, which I was kind of priced out on. But um, who'd and, you get priced out on? The Valner? Yeah, Valner. Volner, I wanted Volner bad. He's okay. looked like he's crushing, but you know what? Might not be the worst thing in the world that I didn't yeah. get. Him. Yeah, you gotta. There's there's a uh, specific had this... on my team this year, and like right. they, just, they just have so many of that same profile player and their propensity to mix and match and put them in and out, and you know guys are getting healthy. They're in the back of my mind. I was like, I want them, but it could be a headache that like I might be glad I don't didn't take on. So, yeah, yeah, I and I think that's good at this time of the year with limited funds and um, with still like a team like the Twins. Even if you liked him and you know you want to grab him, I, I kind of go into that like fab diversification with some players. Like you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of variables with the team and. He he started sixteen straight, but you know, the the twins will give him three straight games off against a righty. But then they'll start right. him versus a lefty. Yeah, they're very maddening with 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 that stuff. So, um, but I like Walner. I got some D. Um, as me and Maddie Modica like to say, we got some DC Walners. Um, <laughs> you know, I liked him at the end of last year when he came up into the yeah. majors, and I was like, oh, this kid's really bowing up the ball. He's pretty good and. So I have my eye on him for a while. So yeah, he he he's been crushing it right now. He's actually on 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 my DC team. That's fifth overall, and he's like part of the uh, recent surge I've had. It's just been great to plug him in and uh, eat up a, a whole bunch of uh, stats from him. So nice. nice, nice move. Yeah. So on average, 111 bucks remaining per team. Boom! Wow. Last. What do you have? Oh fuck. Uh, I think I have. <laughs> let's see. I think I have forty nine and one, and Ooh. I've been like, I've been like milking that where it's like these one dollar ads are like I, I've been going one dollar. <laughs> so I, I got sixty two bucks in my New York City main, and I've got forty three bucks in my online main. Oh, and, God and the last damn, couple of weeks, I think I was at like forty nine two weeks ago. So I was, I, you know, so hey, you know what? It's kind of, it's kind of fun to. 
go in the you know the dollar bin. You know, you pull out a one dollar Zach Littell, a one dollar Michael Massey, a one dollar Brooks Raley, and I looked at it as a good weekend. So you know, next year I got to learn from my mistakes and not drop like sixty bucks on Mauricio Dubon when you know you, you pay for it in August and September when you're shopping in the dollar in the dollar bin. So um, mm-hmm. this you know I. Mauricio. I, I I made this problem for myself, so I have nobody to blame but myself for it. So, Amen. That's the, that's the attitude you got to take, you know? Yep. Simple as that. Um, I got to learn from it next year and uh, do stupid stuff. So, Put it in your diary. Yeah. Journal it. Yep. I have 111. No, I have 115 and 158 left. Okay. So you're, and you're positioned well. I'm positioned well, um, and I've it's, it's it's been a... I got to around this area and I've, I've been, I've been cheap in the last couple of weeks to try to maybe too cheap, but, um, uh, you know, and the one I'm, I'm in first in, uh, you know, uh, I'm in a good spot with, uh, with my, with my money. Um, no one behind me has even like as much as 60 bucks, uh, less than me, so I got a really big hammer there. The guy oh, in ninth nice. has, yeah, there's a there's a guy in eleventh with four thirteen left, but no, um, only one other guy has above a hundred besides him. So if if he decides to, you know, start screw you, no, not is screw he, me. Is he, well, is he bidding on guys or is he is he? Um, let's see, I was actually. It's funny you said that because uh, I I have that on my list to do as part of my. Yes, I, no- I noticed that in, in one of my mains, a guy has a hammer. He has like 800 bucks, but he hasn't bid on anybody since like week three. So he's pretty much a dead team. Um, 716 was his last ad. All right. So he might be out. Yeah, that would be nice for you. You know, listen. Um, listen, uh, Tom. Tony. Tony. Tony Pignotti. Fellow, fellow Paisano, Dom. Um, <laughs> listen, Tony, you're better than this, okay? You're better than this. You got 70 points. You could still get into third place. Let's do this. Don't quit on your teams. Don't quit on your teams, Tony. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. you know. You're a better man than me. I would tell him, hey, Tony, like, it's football season. Take take the rest of the year off. Don't you'd, spend any fab. You'd Let buy him an entry <laughs> to the NFFC primetime? Tony, take a take a trip. Can you take imagine that? It's August. The weather's nice. What a great move! You send your league mates invites to fantasy football leagues, or you just pay for or, a week. No, for them. You, you you send them like uh the equivalent of the baseball forecaster, the football forecaster. You send you send them all a football forecaster in the mail, you know some highlighters, and you say, hey, you know, get busy. It's it's football season. Don't don't worry about that baseball team. All right, pause. May you hear me? I'm gonna send you <laughs> over some 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 links for football drafts. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, what about the ads this week? The big yeah. guys, Rayleigh Walner, right? Yep. Yep. So I, I think so. I put in the article: twelve players were added in over twenty main event leagues, but six of them were relievers. Um, wow. So. The spec game was strong um, this week <laughs> with with everybody. Um, yeah. So 
you know, we kind of touched on. So two of those guys were Rayleigh and Ottavino. Rayleigh was added in 51 leagues for an average price of 17 bucks. Ottavino was added in 24 leagues for an average price of nine bucks. Um, you know, we saw over, you know, thus far, it seems like Rayleigh's got the leg up, but, um, uh, you know, he blew yesterday's save. So it's going to require a little monitoring. I do think Rayleigh's been the better pitcher on the year. I think, you know, if you just watch Ottavino, um, he, he just, it looks like he works so hard every outing. Like, <laughs> great. Okay. Great. Great. Great summary. It, yeah. It's just like he, he, he struggles to throw strikes. Like if you, if you look at like every metric I look at between for relievers, like Rayleigh's better than him. First pitch strike, um, getting to O2 counts, K minus walk, um, staying out of three O counts. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, I think Rayleigh's a better pitcher, um, but also what are the Mets playing for at this point? So it's kind of, it, it could be, they just say uh, whatever to share role, whoever's fresher, whatever, um, or you know, matchup wise, they might just play lefty pockets, Rayleigh, and then whoever's available for the ninth can get it. So that that could certainly be how it works. But I just think I think Rayleigh is a better pitcher. I don't think Ottavino should get the ninth inning, but we can uh, we can see what happens there. Um, Gregory Santos was added in 44 leagues for an average price of 27 bucks. Um, Graveman obviously got traded at the end of last week, which kind of made that closer spot available. And obviously we got the news today that Hendricks is getting or, or got to Tommy John surgery. So I think that Santos is going to run with the job the rest of the year. He has no real competition there. Yeah, yeah, and again, I, I'm yeah. super mad. I I dropped him, but I yeah, I've had I've had my eye on him, uh, since like May, <clears throat> and yeah, he's gonna definitely run away with it. I thought for a second too, um, they were gonna maybe even, uh, well, getting rid of Middleton was easy. That was a no brainer because he's gonna be a free agent too. And the Yankees, I mean, if they don't trade him, the Yankees don't make a move for the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, he's 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 got this job locked up. I like he's got a good good ratio insulation skills. Like me and Steve Weimer like to talk about a great filter mm-hmm. for just finding guys who don't throw balls, who got good swing and strike rates, and those are the guys that you gain if you want to gain middle relievers. That's why he was even good before being yeah. a, a closer. So yep. yeah, yeah, he's uh he's he's gonna be good the rest of the season for sure. Yeah. As many games that they can win. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the tricky thing with these teams is like how many games is that team gonna win? How many games is the Mets are the Mets gonna win? And it's not about like even winning games too, it just be like being in close games and mm-hmm. the White Sox, the pitching like is so is brutal, stuff. the yeah. offense is brutal. How <laughs> yeah. how they just shut Robert down so he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> right. For yeah. next season. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Um you've done well and yeah. uh he probably got some bonuses for a plate of Yeah, he's having too good of a year to be like 40, 40, 40, yeah. 30, 40, 20, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Um, yep. 
Yimmy Garcia was the next guy added in 26 mm. leagues, average price yep. of five bucks. Um, the old Yim. That's a guy I was looking at, um, but obviously the, the Hicks trade that came down, I think it was on Sunday also. Um, so I ended up lowering my bids. I think, you know, he'll probably be a popular drop despite the fact that, you know, his stats are pretty good. Um, I think he'll, he'll, I think it's going to be Hicks until Romano's back. Um, so Jojo Romero was added mm. in 25 leagues for an average price of seven bucks. Um, yeah, I think that there's a little Sunday save tax at play here. Um, and also maybe people were like, all right, maybe the Cardinals trade Gallegos too. So let's, but I, I don't know. Um, Romero's like a, his his mm. skill set doesn't speak closer to me, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so I I just think you know he gets to O two counts twenty one percent of the time. That's not very high for a closer. Um, throws first pitch strikes. What's good for a closer, Dom? So I, I like to look at um, anything like over thirty percent is typically good. Like really. Re- what I like to look at is the separation between O2 counts and 3O counts. So what I've noticed is like really, I mean, like Edwin Diaz last year was like, had like a 40% separation between O2 counts and 3O counts. Um, I think he was like O2, like 43% of the time and in 3O counts, like 3% of the time. Um, wow. So yeah, I just think, you know, wow. I, I remember reading like, um, an article probably years ago now, but it showed like what the likely outcome is when a pitcher gets up a one and then gets up, you know, obviously Oh two um, as opposed to starting count one Oh and like what those results are. And it's just like your likelihood of, um, you know, a strikeout getting first strike is like so, so much higher. So for a closer where you're, you're working with, such small samples, you know, one inning outings at a time. I just think it's more valuable to look at what they do in those counts as opposed to looking at things like FIP and XFIP and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and when you look at, like, the elite relievers, you'll see that um, the elite ones get to 2 counts, like, very high. Like, on the filter I'm on now, right now, Andres Munoz gets to – O2 counts 36.3% of his at bats this year. Um wow. and it's just, you know, the, a closer needs to dominate. That's that's what they are there to do. And when you're getting into those O2 counts, you're showing how dominant you can be and when you're only getting to O2 counts 21% of the time, um you know, he's had like a 10% walk rate in his career. Um he doesn't he doesn't get first pitch strikes that often it's 58% just doesn't speak to a dominant reliever to me um and Gallegos actually is doing all of those things like he's in O2 counts 28% of the time in 3O counts 1.7% of the time he's throwing the first pitch strike 67% of the time he has a 20% K minus BB rate like he's doing everything that you would expect of of a closer he's really um having a good season so i think that it's going to be gallegos until helsley's back and that could be as early as like mid-august 
All right. So. Yeah, that's um, where Gaiogos was available. He was he he was ahead of for me as well, um, mm. and especially he was available where I had Helsley, and that would have been kind of nice, but yeah, it uh, didn't work out. I'm still holding Helsley and hold still holding out for the chance that he, you know. Another team, though, that look at that what that starting rotation is now, and and even the you know trading off Stratton and like their their actual like bullpen is just messy too. So oh, Stratton was ahead of everyone for me until he got traded. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm saying like if me. if you just go to their roster resource, like I was just looking at um, their roster resource, and like their bullpen is pretty awful. Yep. Um, on top of an awful starting rotation. Yep, Wainwright and Dakota Hudson and um, Libertor, it's just yikes. Um, just yikes. And, <laughs> yeah, and Suarez was added in 24 leagues, but I think he's going to be a popular drop now that Hayter obviously didn't get traded. Yeah, I think he will be as well, 100%. Um, I thought the, yeah, Matt Walner was pretty popular, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Isbell, I, I felt like I was waiting for him to get more more rostered, you know, more owned. Um, starting to hit a little better and just projects really well. I know it hasn't really been there for his sample size of his career. Um, you probably look at what he's done and what he's projected for and be like, ah, I don't know, you know? Yeah. This guy, <laughs> you know, is this guy really uh, good? But um, I, I like what I see from him. I think there's – there's good speed potential, good good power potential, um, and he he he's doing fairly well. In his last uh, seventy five plate appearances, three homers, two stolen bases, um, reaching a little bit too much, but uh, everything else checked out really well. Seven fifty six OPS, balling up the ball a little more, and um, he should get full run here. You know, well. Uh, I think I've, I've noticed what a lot of guys they, and a lot of teams are doing four or five games on and then a day off. It's just a constant cycle. Some teams have the magic number of five. Some teams do three. Some teams do four. Some teams, it's even, it, it isn't even about lefty or righty. Um, I've noticed that about Kiermaier. He gets like specific days off and it doesn't matter if it's righty or lefty. It's, uh, you know, you just got to, yeah. you, you just have to try to, Gauge it as much as you can, you know. Obviously, with it, with this bell, like I mentioned, with waters, it's just a weak offense, and yeah. you, you know you'll lose your ability to get a whole bunch of runs and ribbies. Um, so that's that's always you know not good. Um, Luis Medina too is another guy. I feel like it, it, it's kind of about time that he got a little more rostered. Mm-hmm. Um, I been really interested in him. I don't have him on a team only because. Uh, on one main event, I'm really good. My my pitching, not you know, there's no, there's no one I'd add and start him over, you know. The, yeah. Um, so, in another league, uh, I just need wins. <laughs> He's not gonna yeah. get me that, you know. Good so, point. yeah. But uh, I really do love the skill set. I think he's making a lot of changes to, um, his pitches and his pitch mix and. His approach and it and it's working out well. And he's a guy too, Dom. I saw several years ago um, at the Blue Claw game, pitching for the Yankees at the time, and yep. he struck out like nine guys in four innings, but he also hit about seven. <laughs> he was Keeping so that whip down. 
oh, he was all over the place, and he was seriously he would strike out a guy on three three pitches, and then hit the next one like you know in the shoulder. And I'm like, what? And then he would come back and hit another guy. This it was it was pretty wild. But he, yeah, over the over the course of the season, through both relieving and starting, you know, he got his K minus walk from twenty two eight to ten point eight, but. Well, recently, it's been a lot better. And um, sneaky good pick here. I think uh, it's a 30% K rate to 5.5% walk rate in the last four games, which is three starts. So a uh, 16% swing strike rate, doing really well. Zone contact, too, is real solid, 78, 79%. So tough to beat in his zone and get guys to chase. And that's exciting for a guy, uh, 3.07 Sierra. So it's pretty real. And mm-hmm. it's... It, Nothing, all the luck metrics are good too. The bab if they're left on base. So I really like it. It's just it's unfortunate that guys like him and JP Sears have to be on athletics because they're, right. they're, they're very useful pitchers and they'll help you in a lot of categories except for wind. And, it's, you know, that is a category. Yep, 20%. Basically like tanking wins uh, yeah. with, with guys like that in your lineup. And there's only so far you could take it. I almost dropped JP Sears this weekend on one team, but I kind of held on because I was just also nervous about being able to re-roster a pitcher as good as him, <laughs> despite the wins, uh, insufficiency. So, um, but yeah, those are the guys that I thought that you know were were the biggest. Um, and and Marco Luciano, obviously, he's probably a guy who came out, you know, when. A, people had a lot more money it would have been a lot more expensive right um i i still kind of thought that again and it's always about remembering how much money is left for each team but i kind of thought he was going to go for a little more he went for 44 max and a four dollar median i just thought it was going to be a little more hype behind him but i i think this is a smart play by not overreacting to him getting called up there's still a chance that he goes back down um, I don't think he's ready at the bat. He does hit the ball super hard. That's evident. But I think the swing of strike and the chase is just going to be too much for the Giants yeah. to be able to keep up. Yeah, I think. And they sent him down already, right? They sent him down yesterday. Um, and oh, they did? Look, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw that he did. I missed um, that. Yeah. There you go. See you later, Marco. Yeah, 25% swing strike was yeah, he's not. It's just he's not ready. Much. Yeah, he's not yeah, ready. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Schmidt's not ready either, but at least he could play defense. And I mean, they have to go through him first and see what they could do. But just keep playing Wilmer every day. I mean, guy is just tearing the cover off the ball. He's batting two ninety. He's got an eight sixty OPS. He's plays everywhere, and it's like Giants play him every day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the guy can hit, man. Uh, He's always been a hitter. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Me and Dom continue to go through the fantasy ramifications of the trade deadline fallout and pretty much hit every trade and how it affects each team, the depth for those teams, and who might fall into playing time, who might lose playing time. And you can catch the rest of that episode over at Pull Hitter. Patreon. If you go to patreon.com, just put pull hitter in a search bar. And right now they're running a free one week trial to entry tier, the $5 tier of the pull hitter Patreon. And you can check it out for a week. See if you like it. I do lineup pods to help set your lineup for Monday to Thursday, Friday to Sunday. But it could really levels down to even a daily league because I'm looking at a big scale of pitching matchups, who to expect to sit, start, 
uh, the player trends and how players are doing versus those handedness pitchers. And I think it really helps do daily leagues, every type of league you play. Um, so I do that twice a week. I do a daily podcast where I go through some of the box scores and break it down. Any pitching performance that we weren't kind of expecting. And just all stuff, all really good stuff. Um, come check it out. You also got the Launch Angle Pod, the two that we do private for the Patreon per month. You got those as well. And the Discord, which is amazing right now. We got like-minded people playing fantasy baseball, going for that ultimate goal of winning fantasy championships and becoming better players. And we're all helping each other. We have local reporters in some way where every everyone is fans of local teams and they're all chipping in with information that they've heard on broadcast or reading in local newspapers, stuff like that. It's just really amazing community. So if you want to come check it out, you get that as well. And you get to hang out and talk to everyone. We have several different threads, all NFBC focused, but we also have Dynasty Talk as well, Keeper League, um, lineup threads where you can ask lineup decisions every single lineup day. So come check it out. I think you won't be disappointed and you'll enjoy the community that's being built over there. So everyone, thanks for leaving a rating and review and listening to the show, supporting the show. Appreciate it and don't be a bag of shit.